Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillan, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. I'm going to Oh, my podcast today, I'm going to take, I'm taking it a little bit of a different tack. Somebody, um, a little, a week or two ago get, said to me, Dale, you know, when you were young, what, what, did, how did you get to be where you are and what sort of things caused you or did you do that enabled you to gather the knowledge, et cetera, to become the person you are today? Um, and it was a really good question, and it was by a young person, and I just said to them, it's amazing, this, I said to this young person, I said, you've got old head. I said, that's not, probably not the right way of saying it, isn't it? I said, you've got, you've got an old head on young shoulders, if that makes sense. He's wise, he was wise way, way, way beyond his years. And I started mentioning some of the books I was reading, and he'd read a couple of those, so he's already doing what I'd done. And uh, you know, I remember finishing school, um, I was at uni for a little bit when I was 18 and uni wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. I realized that pretty quickly and so I didn't stay at uni too long. I went and got a job in the bank, um, as you do in those days, thinking that was going to be a career for me for a while. But I quickly realized that the bank wasn't necessarily somewhere the place I wanted to be in for the next 40 odd years of my life. And if I was going to be wealthy, which is what my goal was, or to be financially secure, wealthy, rich, whatever you want to call it, I really needed to do something. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's an old saying, for things to change first, I must. And a lot of people resist change. So what did I do? Well, you know, I started seeking out people who um, were where I wanted to be, who um, were on a mission, who were going somewhere, looking for those mentors and people like that. And and, they, and I would stick by them. And, you know, I've, you probably heard me say a few times, you know, if you want to make a million dollars, find a millionaire and just stick to them and just do what they tell you to do. And part of that was people were talking to me about books to read. And as a young guy, I went to I went to a tech school. You know, I, like I did not go to a high school um, or a private school. You know, I grew up on a, um, single parent family, three kids on a pension. You know, my dad died when I was three months old, so we had no money. So I'm really just, uh, and I was saying to somebody the other day, I, I am so, so appreciative of the government and the systems that we have in Australia that allowed me to grow up, not on the poverty line, we didn't have any money, but to educate me 
you know, for free. You know, my mother didn't have to pay for my education. Yeah, she had to pay for school excursions and those sort of things if if we had the money to do that, which generally wasn't the case. But the point is I was able to go to school every day and get a good education and give me the start that I had. But I never read a book at school. Like, I seriously did not read a book at school. You know, I went to a tech school. You know, they taught you how to saw pieces of wood and get on a lathe and do that. And it sounds strange. You're probably thinking, what the hell did you do at a tech school? That's not what you do. You're not a technical person. And I wasn't, but it was close. And, um, you know, my brother was going there. Um, he, he turned into being a motor mechanic, studying mechanical engineering and things like that. And I said, oh, well, I'll just go there with my brother, you know. Um, I was more interested in sports. Um, but I didn't get into that side of it. So... When I was 18 and I finished school and I went to uni and, you know, um, I didn't want to do uni anymore and I got the job in the bank and I thought, well, that's not it. I was, you know, getting close to 19 and I think, what am I going to do? How am I going to achieve what I wanted to achieve? And and people were recommending some books. So one of the books I wanted to chat to about today was one of the ones I read. It was actually this and another one I read from cover to cover. And for me to read a book from cover to cover was not only rarer than Hinsteys, it just never happened. Um, and I remember doing book reviews um, at school and I'd invite my friends around and I'd make pancakes and they'd tell me all about the book. I'd read the first chapter, the last chapter, the synopsis, and then they'd give me their book review and then I'd write my own one and submit it and I'd pass. So it wasn't hard as a tech school room. I couldn't even spell. So And it's strange from somebody who's written two books now. Um, I remember... You know, um, in year 12, um, I went to a TAFE college to do my year 12 and they did a spelling and grammar um, test on us. And anybody that went to a tech school failed (laughs) miserably, um, by the way. But anyway, one of the two books I read, the first one um, that I read from cover to cover was called um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So if you've not read that, read it. It's just a brilliant book. Um, the other book I read was from my favourite author, and I say it's my favourite author because if, if you cre- if you rate your favourite favourite author by how many of their books that you've read, this guy wins. And it's a, by a, gen- a book by a gentleman called Og Mandino. Og is Og, or his real name's Augustine, but they call him Og Mandino. M A N D I N O. And this one's called The Greatest Salesman in the World, and it's a tiny book. It's not. It's a little paperback book. It is really only if I flick over. It is seriously only a few. It doesn't even have page numbers on it almost, but it's probably about, well, there you go, if I flip back a page or two, it's a hundred and something pages on a small paperback book, 111 pages, small paperback book. It was written in 1969, 1969 it was first, well, 1968, or sorry, it was first printed, um, and it's called The Greatest Salesman of All, and it's sort of about sales, but it's more about these scrolls. Um, these scrolls for success Um, and so it's a great success book and people say to me well I'm not in sales so why would I read the book but everybody is in sales you're either selling yourself or selling something else or you're selling something to somebody else whether it's selling to your partner to go out for dinner or your child to do something um, you are selling Um, but it's more a book about principles of a life and how to do things now just inside the front cover it's called the greatest salesman in the world again um, and on the cover it also says you can change your life with the priceless wisdom of 10 ancient scrolls handed down for thousands of years. It's like a fable. So very much like um, the um, uh, the other book I, I, I mentioned to you, 
Um, I've now gone blank on the other book. <laughs> Isn't that good? Um, but uh, yeah, but it's it's very much a fable of in set in Babylonian times. There you go, richest man in Babylon. Um, George Classen. So it's very much in that same sort of vein of a fable. But as I said, uh, those scrolls, there's actually 11, but the first one is more about, well, 11 scrolls, but the first one is more about introducing the other 10 scrolls. But just inside the cover, the words really, really res- resonated with me. And, and I'll read those verbatim for you. As I said, it was written in 1968. It says, I will persist until I succeed. I was not delivered into this world into defeat nor does failure course in my veins. I'm not a sheep waiting to be prodded by my shepherd. I am a lion and I refuse to talk, to walk, to sleep with sheep. The slaughterhouse of failure is not my destiny. I will persist until I succeed. And that's from the ancient scroll marked three in the greatest salesman in the world. What an amazing statement. I will persist until I succeed. And that's really been the mantra of my my journey through life. You know, everybody has ups and downs, setbacks. And I had somebody um, post on my YouTube, I think, you know, saying, well, you know, um, not calling me sort of arrogant or anything, but implying that I'm somebody who's wealthy, who's telling people that are poor or broke that they're wrong, whatever else. And as if I didn't know what was going on. I've been broke, I've been poor, I've been, you name it, I've been broke a couple of times. I grew up broke, you know. I said to that person, I said, I know what it's like to go into the supermarket with my mother and not be able to ask for a lolly or a drink or any, nothing, because I knew we didn't have the money. I know what it's like to get hand-me-down clothes all my life from my brother, from from op shops, from People just, you know, friends, um, family members, extended family members giving us clothes. I remember getting open up presents at Christmas time and getting a toy that was broken or missing pieces because my mum didn't have the money to buy it. I know all that sort of stuff. I know what it's like to go to school in hand-me-down clothes or handmade clothes because that's what my mother could afford. I know what it's like watching my mum walk out the door with a trolley full of clothes to wash because our washing machine broke. And she had no money to buy a new washing machine, so she'd trump several kilometres up to the local laundromat to wash clothes because we couldn't get a new washing machine. There's a whole range of stories that I could tell you. And it's it's not about a woe is me because that made me who I am, but I know what it's like. But what I also know is I will persist until I succeed. And that's really why that statement really resonated with me. A lot of people want to succeed, but they won't persist. They try and they get a setback and and they stop. I'll read another little bit in the book, um, which goes on a little bit later. It's on page 54. Uh, And it says, In truth, the only difference between those who have failed and those who have succeeded lies in the difference of their habits. Good habits are the key to all success. Bad habits are the unlocked door to failure. Thus, the first law I will obey, which proceedeth, proceedeth, I can't say the word, which proceedeth all others, is I will form good habits and become their slave. Isn't that interesting? So... Looking at that, and if I go on and can keep reading a little bit on page 54 here of The Greatest Salesman in the World, 
It's about creating great habits. Now, he goes on and says, or the book goes on and says, as a child, I was a slave to my impulses. Now I'm a slave to my habits. As all grown men, as are all grown men, I have surrendered my free will of to the years of accumulated habits and the past deeds of my life. Have already marked out a path which threatens to imprison my future. My actions are ruled by appetite, passion, prejudice, greed, love, fear, environment, habit. And the worst of these tyrants is habit. Therefore, if I must be a slave to habit, let me be a slave to good habits. My bad habits must be destroyed and new furrows prepared for good seed. I will form good habits and become their slave. And how will I accomplish this difficult feat? Through these scrolls, it will be done. For each scroll contains a principle which will drive a bad habit from my life and replace it with one that will bring me closer to success. Powerful words. Really powerful words. So what habits have you got that are holding you back? What habits have you developed from when you were a child, from when you were growing up, from where it is? We all... Are very human beings are habitual. That's what we do. We get up and go to bed the same time. We go to bed the same time. We go to work the same way. We do all the same things on mass most of the time. That's our habit. We eat the same foods, etc. But are they all good for you? You're putting on weight because you eat, have your bad habits eating. Hmm? I've had that in the past where I get lazy and I just eat food. Now you know you've got to create good habits. Now you know I changed my habits. You know in the last twelve months. I've lost a lot of weight, I'm eating healthier, eating a lot of more vegetarian and vegan food, I'm exercising more because I got into some bad habits and that happens. You know, you go to the gym for a while, you get into good habits and then you stop for a little while and you get out of that habit and then you create the habit of sitting on the couch, watching TV. Now, interesting, uh, one of our, on our Facebook page, there was a post that one of our people put up a quote, said, you know, rich, um, rich people. Uh, poor people have big TVs and small libraries where rich people have big libraries and small TVs. And I went, how true is that? You know, it is interesting, you know, because uh, I remember for, I, when for years and years I didn't even have a TV, you know, and for years um, after that when I did have a TV, well, it was just a tiny one. It was only a little portable I had. Um, and, you know, it was only about... Geez, everybody else had big 50-inch plasma screens and all that sort of stuff. Well, I've, you know, all these big flat screens, and I still had this little, little thing. And yet, I, you know, it. Yeah, I, I was successful before I bought our first big 50-inch screen. You know, I was quite successful before I did that. And I'm not saying that to brag or anything. I'm just saying that, to me, having a TV is an income reducer. Because the more I sit there and watch TV, the less good habits that I have and the less positive things that I do to achieve whatever that is in my life. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about relationships, health, blah, 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 all of those sorts of things that create health. So what good habits could you create for yourself to ensure that your future is different? Because if you've, you've got to where you are today because of what you've done in the past and the habits you've created, everything you've done. So maybe a good habit is to read some good books and then take the advice of what's in the scrolls and the greatest salesman in the world and maybe try that for a little while and develop some good habits so that you achieve whatever it is that you desire. Again, it's not about me you know, telling you how to do things, but I'm just saying if you're not happy where you are, then for things to change, first time must. 
You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.